Hi, I'm Melanie. And I'm Malia. And you're listening to the White Dress Optional Podcast by Brilliant Bridal. Life before, during, and after your wedding is full of options, and we are here to help. Today, we are talking about our Brilliant Bridal story and how we got to where we are now with six stores and a podcast, apparently. Right? Who knew? (laughs) I feel like, you know how it's super popular now when women have babies for them to like tell their birth story. I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like when I was having babies, that was so much of a thing, but I feel like now everybody, like, I just saw somebody the other day, like the baby's here. Thank you so much. Hold on. We'll be telling our birth story soon. I personally don't understand why everybody wants to share their birth story, but I, I very much feel like today we are sharing our birth story of Brilliant Bridal because... Are you also going to include that we had multiple babies while we were doing all of these things? Because we could add in those birth stories as well because we have lots of babies between the two of us and stores. Correct. Yes. We birthed a business and then actually had um, human children. So... Yeah, it's been a wild ride for the last few years. But you know what? I would not trade it in for anything at all. What an opportunity and what a lucky thing it is that we get to do. Right? I mean, it's a crazy adventure, but we get to help women find dresses. And it's been really, really fun. And we get to help people feel beautiful. And we get to empower people and educate people. And so we're doing what we love. and and I, in just a really great industry. Like what better thing to do than to like help people with their weddings? Like weddings are so wonderful and happy and fun. And we get to be a part of that. Yeah. Agreed. So Brilliant Bridal actually started in 2011, um, is when we launched. We've been around for, I guess, 12 years now that would make it. And, you know, Malia and I, we are the owners and operators of Brilliant Bridal. Secret we actually have a third co-owner um, who is not necessarily involved in the day-to-day operations, but he did play a significant role in helping to found the business. Uh, and he is actually my husband's best friend from elementary school. So these two guys had reconnected after college when I was newly married. And um, he he's a business owner. He has other businesses. He's been a serial entrepreneur and was kind of in a place where he was looking for his next opportunity. And he has a, he had, and still has a business that is a very similar business model to Brilliant Bridal, where they sell overstock and discontinued models of electronics. So he really liked this business model and, um, I had been working in the wedding industry for a few years at that point, and we were kind of putting our heads together about uh, creating a, a similar business model to the electronic stores, but doing it in the wedding space. And initially, we kind of stumbled into an idea of doing like resale with wedding dresses. Um, there was a lot of opportunity back at the time. If you if you don't remember 2011, let me remind you, 2011 um, was the years of just everything on Craigslist. Craigslist was where everything was happening in terms of buying and selling. And that was a really difficult place to like buy and sell 
wedding dresses. So we thought, well, maybe we can kind of create a hub for that, for brides, where they could sell us their wedding dresses. We would sell them back. And pretty quickly we learned, first of all, brides don't want that. They, they're very superstitious. I mean, how many times have we heard brides say, oh, I don't want bad juju in a dress? A bajillion times have I heard that. (laughs) So, um, we, we realized that probably wasn't the direction to go. And at the same time, we, as we were exploring these options, we realized there was just a ton of overstock inventory in wedding dresses where designers and manufacturers, you know, they, they set their styles for a season and there's usually typically two seasons every calendar year and they just mass produce these dresses. And then when they have to discontinue a style, either for manufacturing reasons, they can't get that fabric anymore, or that style is not as popular as it was, but it's still relatively on trend. Bridal styles really don't change that quickly. Um, they would just be stuck with these hundreds of dresses. And and we were able to tap into that pretty um, early on. At that point, a lot of those dresses were really going overseas um, to Eastern Europe and places like that. There wasn't really much of a model in the U.S. for off-the-rack wedding dress sales. There was a few people doing it at the time, but we really saw this as an opportunity to serve brides with an affordable product, a new product, no juju in these dresses. They were coming straight to us from the designers. (laughs) And then also just creating an experience for brides that was still very much the experience that they had always envisioned and wanted and, and honestly deserved um, in a bridal store, but getting a product and a price that was probably more affordable for most people. Well, and I've always on that note, like, uh, like the eco-friendly piece of this, like these gowns, totally. I know some of them got sent overseas, but a lot of them would just get trashed. Um, and so like, it, it felt so wasteful. So to be able to come in and like, I'm helping the bride because we're going to get you a brand new dress at a really great price. But then I can also help these designers out by helping them move products that they didn't know what to do with. And so we get to like get it into the hands of brides that really would love a, a, a dress that, you know, isn't going to cost them quite as much, but it's still brand new and still looks fantastic. Yeah. I remember years ago, there was a really big wedding dress retailer that was prestigious that went out of business and I'll not say the name because I don't know if I could still get sued. I don't know how I could get sued if they're not in business, but I don't know somebody would figure it out. And they, there were pictures floating all around the internet that they had thrown their dresses away and spray painted them with red Mm -hmm. spray paint so that nobody could go take these dresses and wear them. And I was just beside myself at the time at the waist that that was because they were beautiful designer wedding dresses that were just thrown away. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't know that people realize that like how much overstock there is in bridal. Um, a lot of these designers get better deals from their manufacturers if they overproduce. So, um, then they're just left with a lot of dresses. And so to be able to come in at that angle into the industry has been really fun and, and really helpful, I think, in terms of like waste and sustainability. Yeah, for sure. Um, so about three years in um, to Brilliant Bridal, we 
We're introduced to Malia through mutual friends, and she just had a lot more experience in the bridal part of weddings than either myself or our other co-owner had. And we thought that this was just a brilliant idea to bring her on. So Malia, what were you doing before? What was your journey like integrating into a three-year-old version of Royal Bridal? Yeah. So I had, I was a stylist, um, at a store and eventually moved up into sales management as well as I was a buyer. So I would go to New York and go to all the fancy runway shows and buy wedding gowns for our stores, um, and support the stores that way. And then I also did a stint with wedding planning for about a year, year and a half before I jumped on the brilliant bridal, um, bandwagon and, um, supported brides with, you know, day of coordination and things like that. So both on the dress side, as well as the wedding planning side, I've done both options for brides. Um, and, and it's been a really crazy fun journey. And then I met Ryan and Mel and we said, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's open another store. Um, so at that point there were two locations, mm-hmm. um, and it's just kind of kept growing. We just kept adding more stores. Yeah. So you're based in Denver. I'm based in Arizona. So our first two stores were in the Phoenix Metroplex area. You're based in Denver. So we were, we had already kind of been eyeing Denver as a possible, you know, next location and you were there. So that seemed obvious to make that our next location, you would be there. You knew the area you could help figure out good location, staffing, all of that stuff. Um, and so then Denver was our third location. I think that opened early in 2015. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. And you and had a brand new baby at that time. I did. I had, and a I newborn. had a year, uh, a one year old at that time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, literally we were growing the business and growing. Well, and families. in that same year that we, I had a baby and we opened one store. We opened a second store. Our oh, Las yeah. Vegas store was in the same year. Um, uh, which is, silly, uh, ridiculous, crazy. I don't know. It just felt right. Like it felt like the next right thing. So, um, yeah, we opened two stores in the same year that year. Right. Yes. Thank you for reminding me of that. Don't recommend. Um, so what our vision and mission is today, honestly, has been the same from day one, which like I said, it's always been to provide brides with a boutique experience and gowns at an affordable price. Our vibe is hopefully our goal is that our vibe is always just relatable. We, we work with our stylists in our store to be your friend, to be your confidant, to be, um, you know, the, the advocate sometimes, um, brides need an advocate in their wedding dress shopping journey. And so our, our, our vision and our mission is just to be a really fun experience, really relatable, but still really giving our brides that memorable, nostalgic bridal experience, but without being, um, like bougie or judgy. Like, I don't know. Do you remember that scene in, um, bridesmaids where they go shopping and that like super high end store and you have to like ring a doorbell 
and it's like really overwhelming and intimidating. That's not our vibe. Never has been, never will be. Yeah. Yeah. We're here just to help you have uh, a great, brilliant, beautiful life moment with your family and friends and hopefully find the dress that you just feel so beautiful in. And that's kind of, you know, that's always been our vibe. Yeah. Yep. Um, so with that vision and mission in mind, we have had the opportunity to continue to grow and expand the business. Um, we have always had a mindset of growing really organically. We have, we, there have been multiple times where we've tried to open a store in certain markets and we've gotten real close to the finish line. And then something about that just, it wasn't working. The location didn't work out. Something was off about the landlord. Something wasn't checking out with the manager that we had, you know, kind of flagged to operate that store. We give our managers a lot of autonomy to run their stores and we rely heavily on them to be really great people of integrity, really great decision makers, really great leaders. Um, and so that, that's a really big position for us within Brilliant Bridal. Um, so there's, there's been opportunities that we have, you know, literally shut down at the finish line. I remember we were about to open a store right before COVID hit. Like nobody knew this was coming and we were late 2019, early 2020, maybe even January, 2020, about to sign a lease for a new location. And just something about that, we were not we were not feeling it and it, it was, it, it just wasn't working for us. And we said, okay, this, we're not, we're not going to do this. We're not going to force um, a location to happen if all the stars are not lining up for us. Right. So and we said no to that location. And I mean, how many times during 2020 did we just thank God that we had not opened up that location because what a disaster that would have been. Yeah, I cannot imagine trying to open a store in March of 2020. Um, so I am really grateful that that didn't work out. I just really am because that would have been terrible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we, we've always tried to grow just really organically and really with a, a ethic of putting people first. We, we don't find a location until we have a person to manage it. Our managers are so important to what we do that that is the first thing we find when we're considering going into a new market or into an, uh, even a second location in the same market. We have to find that manager because people are everything. Like people are the heartbeat of what we do. We're a service industry. We are serving brides day in and day out. And you guys know you're, you're likely either in the thick of it or have just gone through it. Like getting married is a very emotional time. We, our stylists and our managers, they are, um, fashion consultants, but they are also like part-time therapists <laughs> and they are part-time wedding planners. And they, you know, they, it, it's, it sounds like a really fun job and it is a really fun job, but there's also a weight that comes with it. It's a, it's a very emotional thing. So we always lead with people and making sure we have the right people and the right places as much as it is, as it is within our ability, I would say. Does that sound right? Yeah, no, I think that's the best way to put it, that it really is like, we want the best people taking care of our brides. And so that's what we're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've been able to grow over the last 12 years. We now have six locations, two in Phoenix. We've got Denver, Vegas, Dallas, and Houston. Maybe more to come. 
we don't really know. We, we take it one step at a time. We don't have a grand master plan. I'd, I'd like to think that there'll be more opportunities to open in more places or to maybe add locations in some of our bigger markets like Dallas and Houston that could definitely handle a second brilliant bridal location that would give us opportunity to serve more brides in those places. But we don't make promises. And every time we open a store, we say, we're never doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> and, then and then we open another one. And then we open another one. Um, so who knows where that's going, but but that's where we've gone and that's how we kind of approach our growth and, and look to the future. Um, let's talk about some of our mistakes. Let's do it. What are some of the mistakes we've made along this journey? Because surely it has not gone perfectly. No, and I think one of the things is we've really tried to stay in our lane to do what we do best, which is just serving brides. Um, there's so many opportunities in the bridal industry to do bridesmaids or mother of the brides, tuxes, shoes, like, you know, there's a lot of places we could step into. And I'm not saying we'll never step into those because as soon as I say it publicly out loud, we'll change our minds. Um, but we have tried just to stay focused on the one thing that we do really, really well. Um, so that way we're not taking away from that bride experience in any way, because we are just so focused on let's find you what you want and let's find you something you feel great in. Yeah. And I can remember early on, I mean, we really tried a little bit of everything because we didn't know what we didn't know. And we would kind of see what would stick. And I mean, we tried tuxes. Don't like it. Not, not, our, not for us. We tried bridesmaids again, not for us. We even tried prom for a hot minute. A lot of bridal shops, especially independent bridal shops will do prom. Wasn't, wasn't our vibe. We tried shoes. I mean, oh my gosh, the things that we have tried so many things, but truly I think, and, and I will confidently say that I don't think we'll branch out into any of those areas again, because we really, we do what we do and we, and we do it really well. Like we're really good at helping brides find their dress and to find it in a really comfortable, friendly kind of environment and for a price that they can afford. So I just, I don't want to repeat any of those mistakes. I'm sure there will be new ones that we will come across. Always new ones. <laughs> Definitely new ones. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think, you know, for anybody who's listening who might be interested in business, I don't know, maybe this is us just like being self-indulgent. But I think, again, back to the people thing, there have been times where we have entered into certain partnerships or, you know, considered certain opportunities like franchising or scaling really fast. We've, we've had opportunities to potentially do that, to take on investors and grow really quickly. And, and again, never say never, but some of those things just have not worked out for us. Either we got into situations that we had to back out of as, as cleanly and as quickly as possible, or we just, we knew it wasn't the right opportunity for the right time, or it wasn't the right person for the opportunity. And, you know, we have learned, um, through some of those things, um, just how much the people really do matter. I mean, I feel like we keep coming back to that, but we've gotten into some situations with, with partnerships or even just going down a road of, of expansion or partnering with people for expansion that, you know, we have a really particular way that we like to do things. And I think that's, what's made us successful. And when you start to give up some control of that, um, sure, there could be opportunity for growth and for helping more people and for bringing more profits into the business or whatever the case may be. But um, to what sacrifice and to what cost. And and we've just never been willing to sacrifice 
our culture, um, for our teams. Um, you know, we're so grateful that we generally get really good feedback from our, our teams, our employees, and, and they love coming to work at Brilliant Bridal. Um, but as well, you know, for our customers, there's a really specific culture and a really specific vibe that we want to continue. And, and when you start to let go of some of those reins, then that can get a little, little out of hand. So, um, I'm trying to think. I'm. Just, I know there's more mistakes. I just. Well, we've definitely made mistakes when it comes to you know buying certain things or oh, like sure. picking up from a designer that didn't end up being great or for sure. you know got gowns that were like this is gonna be amazing or we we flew somewhere to go look at really amazing gowns that were in like a awful you know which one I'm talking about dirty oh, yeah. warehouse that was like dirt warehouse and these dresses were like. 10 to 20 years old and they were yellowed and damaged. Like we've definitely had mistakes like that. Um, you know, or, or opportunities that we thought were going to be amazing that weren't. Um, and I think that that will probably continue to happen for us, um, just in the nature of how we get our gowns. But, you know, we want a really great product for our brides and we want them to have a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, Brilliant Bridal is going strong. We are so grateful to be in a position where um, we can continue to serve brides. Our future is very bright. We continue to be really off the rack focused. We don't do any ordering. We have gotten into some private label dresses where, you know, they're not the overstocks or they're not the discontinues. They're not maybe um, labeled by a designer. They're private label or white label. Um, and that's just really broadened our, um, our opportunities to serve brides of all sizes to serve brides of, you know, maybe different like religious needs to serve brides, um, at a, a wider variety of price points. It's really expanded our budget options. Um, so I definitely think we will continue to lean into, um, new private label gowns, but as far as I'm concerned, we will always remain off the rack focused. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that. I think, the off the rack, like giving brides the opportunity to come try on the dress and walk out the same day with your dress is just so beneficial because a lot of brides don't know they need, you know, six to eight months to order a dress and get it in in time. And so we get to be that spot for those brides, but also like, you're so excited about your dress and they're like, womp womp. Now you got to wait for it and you don't have to. And so now brides can take their dress, walk out the door and then match it to, you know, the bridesmaid dresses or what their groom is going to wear or their partner is going to wear and making sure that those things fit together, um, to get this whole big piece, like puzzle pieces all fitting beautifully together. And you have your dress right then and there to start moving forward with that. And so I think that off the rack piece has just been so great. And the brides that come in and are like, maybe they didn't even know we were off the rack. They're like, this is so amazing. Like I could just leave with my dress. And it's, it's, it's such a great feeling to walk out the door holding the dress you're going to wear on your wedding day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think there's probably new markets in our future. If, if I had my way, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. People always are asking us if we're going to do something online. I had somebody just yesterday be like, well, do you sell online? What do you think about online? Are we ever going to go online? You know, I, there's definitely an opportunity there, but I think when we've really keep coming back to is brides 
want the experience with their family and friends to try on dresses and to get that like say yes to the dress moment. Like that has been so blown up by a TV show, but it is true. And and like when you get to finally say like, yes, this is the dress I'm going to wear and you get to hug the people that you love and they're right there with you. It's, it's a life moment that you will never forget. And I think buying online, you lose some of that, right? You you don't get that experience. You don't get that support and help and, um, and encouragement that you might want. Um, so as much as there are, there's for sure brides that are going to buy online. That's great. Like if that works for you, that's awesome. Um, I have no problem with that. I just think that there is that life moment that you will remember forever. Like if you ask anybody like, where did you find your dress? There's a story there and they want to tell you about it. Um, it kind of goes back to the baby story. Like it, it is one of those big moments of your life that you just won't forget. And so if we've switched online, you're going to lose that personal touch. You're going to miss out on having this really cool moment with the people you love. Yeah, for sure. And then I think something we have come back to maybe a little bit more recently, even though I would, I would like to think it's always been part of our DNA is just this idea of being a place of kindness and an increasingly mean and divisive world. Um, you know, we don't, we don't get too, too down the roads of that, but we really just want to be a place where everybody's welcome. Everybody's treated with respect. Everybody's treated with kindness. Everybody is given dignity and, you know, treated like the beautiful, created human being that they are. And that's something we've been talking a lot about recently within our teams is I think we've all noticed, you know, out there in the world that people are a little bit more cranky. People have a little bit more road rage. People are a little bit, you know, a little more um, quick to maybe share their hot takes or whatever. And we just want to be a place where there's just kindness and everybody is treated with that same level of kindness and respect. And so we really look forward to leaning into that and seeing what that means for our stores, our customers, our teams in the future, and how we can just continue to stand out in that way. Yeah. I think I'll echo that things are just can be really tough um, in our country. And so to be able to be a, a place that you can go and have fun and, uh, you know, feel beautiful and uh, get the support and love that you need. That's what we're here for. And we, we hope that our brides leave, um, whether or not they leave with a dress or not, that they leave empowered and educated and feeling better than when they walked in the door. Like that is our goal. And, and we hear that a lot from brides. We're like, I didn't find my dress there, but like that experience was incredible. And that's what we want. We want you to be able to remember that experience and be able to walk away being like, there is good in the world you know, that, it, that it does exist. And here's one small place there that it is. Yeah, absolutely. So we hope that this episode was helpful for you. If you've been listening to us for a little while and you're like, what is this brilliant bridal thing? What do these people even do? That's our story. That's where we've come from. That's maybe where we're headed. And if you're still looking for a dress, if you know someone that's looking for a dress and you're in one of our six markets, we'd obviously love for you to come by. Um, let us help you find a dress or let us just give you the best experience in bridal gown shopping. And we will be back next week with another episode. Feel free to email us at podcast at brilliantbridal.com. If you have any questions or thoughts, you can also reach out on social at brilliant bridal. We'll see you next week. Bye.
for listening to the White Dress Optional Podcast. We will be here every Wednesday. Remember, you can follow us everywhere on social at Brilliant Bridal. You can also email us at podcast at brilliantbridal.com. And as always, we would love it if you would leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 